Hello. I can barely hear you. You can barely hear me? Why? I just got on an airplane. My ears are all clogged up. <sighs> After I get off the airplane, I can't hear anything. How long ago did you get back? Uh, I don't know. A couple hours, but did I don't know. You don't have that when you get off a flight. Oh, Jesus, it yes. It sounds like you can't hear anything, and then you just, you just feel like you're swimming through like a tank of syrup for, until the next morning, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, this is why uh, I said to my lady, uh, I don't know what's wrong with this man. I don't know how he could be with your family. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how this man flies with his family from another city back home and has a podcast recording that night. I think that's mental. Yeah, well, that's what's got to happen. You got to do what you got to do. Is that what you got to do? Is that your work ethic, John? Is that what that is? Well, it's the fact that we don't really have any other time to schedule. This is fine. You know, you get in, uh, picked up the dog from the dog sitter, dog watcher person. Yeah. And get some dinner and take out the garbage Ugh. and uh, partially undecorate the tree and unpack everything. And you did all that in two hours. You're a titan. And do a podcast. Unbelievable. You are a titan. Mm. You know, it's fine. Yeah. What did I do today? Uh, Went to the ATM, watched Mm -hmm. some Survivor. Mm -hmm. I had pho for lunch. Oh, I showed my daughter. um, I gave her my DM guide and uh, showed her some wizards to roll your own character. She's rolling a character. Very nice. On the internet. That's pretty much, this Jubilee has been super mellow for us. We had very minimal interaction with other people. It's been nice. Yeah, I I did that before my little uh, mini vacation. Just hung around and I played some Destiny. What else did I do? Watch some TV shows and movies. Oh, good. You know, I did some stuff like that. So I had a, a, a relaxing time. Is Jubilee another one of your Britishisms? No, it's not. No. You sure? Uh, okay, is it on the list officially? Did we didn't actually, did we talk about it here? We haven't talked about it, uh, have we? No, uh, I've uh talked to you about your weird words for things like a flat for apartment it's and a, it's lounge a thing. for living room and den. Uh, lounge. lounge is another one. I thought that was just a you being weird, but it's a British thing too. I can explain every single one of these. You are insufferable. I put because British your family are from the Britain. No, right? no. John and Britishisms. You probably say a lot of stupid stuff because you live in freaking Massachusetts. I bet you say all kinds of dumb stuff. Probably, but uh, I I don't know. Maybe. But these there's a couple of things that you say that are British things that you say even though you're not British. I should your your energy level, your armor class and hit points are low right now. So I should I should pick this week to go after you on the Britishisms. Encumbrance. Encumbrance is what gets you. How many GP? <laughs> no one plays with encumbrance, but in real life, you can't turn it off. That's <laughs> true. Encumbrance comes up a lot on Survivor, too. Yeah. So she was talking about, we were looking through our old board games, and I've been kind of moving toward, you know, can we get rid of a bunch of these board games we never play? We never play them, and they're just taking up space under the credenza. Mm-hmm. And she pulled out the uh, D and D, whatever the latest edition, the simplified edition starter set was, and she's asking questions about it, and, uh, you know, we'll know about the game some more. So I went and pulled out my vintage, whatever, the classic DM guide, the one with the big demon looking guy on the cover. And, uh, and I was like, that's the player's handbook, isn't it? Uh, no, that's got like a fiery monster boy on it, I think. And, um, and I, I handed it to her and I said, I'm going to give this to you to look at. I've read this many times. The writing is very, very small. 
And she was like, she was agog. She's like, this is the nerdiest nerdy thing I've ever seen. And then like a couple minutes later, she wants to be a monk. So it's kind of interesting. Oh, with the, with the big devil guy on it. It's got like a devil guy. It's got like a tall. It's holding like a, the big sword. I think so. Like, look, I think it's A, D, and D. Whatever A, D, and D. I don't know all the numbers. A, D, and D. Whatever you would play as a kid in the 80s. Um, so anyway, we started talking about alignment. She said, oh, I know about that from memes. And so she found it. She called me into the room. Oh, God. The world is backwards. <laughs> she called me into a room. See, look mm-hmm. at this. Seinfeld. Jerry is uh, chaotic good. George is chaotic evil. Mm-hmm. So she's doing that. What was my point? Yeah, yeah, it's like a, I don't know, I don't know what the, I don't know what the creature is, but he's got a sword. But, uh, yeah, so then I, I found her some, uh, we looked for websites to generate a character and to pick a good name. I don't know if an elf can be a monk. I think it has to be a human. I'm not sure. Don't, don't email me. But, um, yeah, she, she wants to be, uh, like I said, you've been a monk. And of course, the idea of being an elf. Yeah, the player's handbook I was thinking of was the AD&D player's handbook also has a red horned thing yeah. on the cover. Yeah, it did, but it's just from the shoulders up, and it's holding like a cauldron fire thingy. The covers got better. I think that my favorite ones are the Dungeon Master guy is the one in the green robe opening a giant set of big doors with two hands. I don't know that. That's that's uh, later. That's the I think it's one of the better covers. And then yeah, the the one with the big red dragon breathing fire. The wizard guy is not as good. Well, she said that when she pulled out the uh, handbook from the recent set, she was like wow, this stuff got a lot better. And I, I let her have it, but, uh, you know, because there, I was, as somebody who spent a lot of time, as I stipulated before, I spent a lot more time thinking about D&D than playing D&D. I mm-hmm. thought about D&D nonstop. And I took my books to school. And I, like, practically got scoliosis carrying these things around in this big bag. And I thought about it a lot, and I drew lots of, uh, you know, dungeons. I made some maps and stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Doing terrible painting of little figs, but I thought about D and D a lot, a lot, a lot, and I read those books a lot, a lot, a lot. But um, uh, what was my point? Just that you know, um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. She's interested, interested. It, it would be kind of trying to to do uh, playing of the game, but I figure it can't hurt for her to read about it, learn about armor class and whatnot. Yeah, if you get one of the actual modern versions, uh, you could probably play that. Be easier. That's what we got. Yeah, we got um, the modern version or whatever. What was it? Oh, yeah, the art. Um, but I, so I had the player handbook. Everybody said, you're not allowed to have the DM guy because you're not a DM. And I was like, well, whatever. I got a DM guide eventually when I could afford it. And then I got the um, Monster Manual, Fiend Folio. Uh, but Deities and Demigods was my jam because I love the artwork of Jeff D. I don't know if you remember him. Try Jeff D-E-E. And you will pretty much instantly if you he did some of those super high level modules he did that one with the i don't want to spoil it he did the one with that um uh thing that turns out to be a spaceship it's a really good module for like high level game but that guy's stuff is so great he drew an elric of melnabone to curl your hair and he's still around he's still kicking i think he might be yeah. political now no i know the art hang on i just pulled up uh Look at that stuff. Look at those lines. An illustration, a, a picture. What the heck was this come from? Oh, from the Keep on the Borderlands. That's the one. That's the one I was thinking of. We think it's a rabbit. That's not a rabbit. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good module. I got a copy of that off the, uh, off the Amazon used. 
I saw that picture in the Google image results and I was like, oh, I know. Oh, that. yeah, know of that course. Picture. That's him. That's that's the one I was thinking of. Yes. Mm-hmm. His deities and demigods stuff is really pretty. And he, he has a, some some big project. I think he does commissions. At one time, I was flirting with the idea of hiring him to do something for You Look Nice Today, but it was a little bit out of our budget. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I love his style. His style is so modern. It's a little bit, reminds me a little bit of, little bit of Paul Smith, the guy who drew X-Men in the 80s, but... I like some of the art. Now, some of it I'm not so crazy about. Like some of the earlier stuff is a little bit janky, but. Oh, he, lo- here he got is. a lot of ladies in metal bikinis. <laughs> he certainly do. He has a podcast called The Atheist Experience. Well, of course he does. That's Jeff D. Um, so that's what I did today. Jubilee. Okay. So I, when I got hired at the dot com job, a lady I work with is one of my favorite people, Tracy, one of my favorite people I ever, ever, ever work with. She was a lady, and she and her boyfriend uh, had a house, and they had, I think, two and possibly more cats. And but she was she was pretty normal for a cat person. And she um she I, I forget the exact uh time of year, but she she said, "Well, I got to get home early." One day she says, "I got to get home early tonight because it's the start of Jubilee." And I said, "I'll bite." What is what is Jubilee? And she says, "That is <laughs> that is the week when we celebrate the cat's birthdays." And there's a, it's a whole, it goes on for a whole week. It's not a one day event. Jubilee for her was like, they have a special event every night for the cats. They get special foods and treats. And I don't know, maybe they you know, take them to Bush Gardens or something. But um, that's where I got Jubilee. So Jubilee is whenever we have an extended time off of school and or work where, and work, I should say, because uh, it requires us being home too to technically be Jubilee. And that's when, you know, you watch a little more TV you get a little more ice cream. There's a little more, you know, like she stayed up till midnight last night, that kind of thing. I went to bed before my daughter last night. But uh, that's Jubilee for us. Jubilee, I think, for the Brits is something having to do, well, let's learn about it. I think it does have to do with the Queen. Yeah, well, so this, uh, the person you worked with, were they British? Not at all. No, she was from McCulloch County. Hmm. Jubilee. The Diamond Jubilee of Elizabeth II. What is a Jubilee. Multinational celebration throughout oh. 2012 marked the 60th anniversary of the ascension of Queen Elizabeth II. Well, she's pretty old. Let's learn about Jubilees. Um, so anyway, that's where that came from. And a flat is a thing. A flat. And a lounge, lounge using lounge instead of den or living room. I can do. You want to do this? I will do this. If you want to do this here, let's do this. Here's how this works. When I moved into the flat that I've been living in. <laughs> Go ahead. When I moved into the flat that I have been living in for 19 years as of two weeks ago, I moved in with a guy who was from England, and he referred to the family room as the lounge. Of course he did. And so that's why we call it the lounge. No, but it's, it's, you're, just, you're just proving my point. Am you're I? You're proving my point. I'm, I do that. I that point. you've adopted as your own and continue to use. What's the lounge? It's like where the TV is and stuff in the mm-hmm. Christmas tree. Because of this guy. This guy. One, one time there was a guy. Sometimes there's a man. We ha- <laughs> we haven't we haven't lived. Uh, my wife and I have not lived with this man since I think 2001. He moved mm-hmm. out 2002. And, that, and now you're training the second generation of loungelings. Oh, she calls it the lounge. It's named that in the Hue lights and in the mm-hmm. home kit. It's called mm-hmm. it's called lounge. And then kids are going to ask her. They say, "Are you from the England?" You say, "No." <laughs> May I mumble dog face to the banana call- patch? Why- yeah, exactly. Why do you call it the lounge? Because <laughs> it's what it's called. She'll start questioning everything. She's like, why do I call it the lounge? He was a delightful, he was a delightful man. And uh, he, he worked at the Ritz-Carlton. He was, the, I believe, the food and beverage director at the Ritz-Carlton. 
mm-hmm. and his name was Richard. And, and my favorite thing about Richard that we still laugh about to this day, he was very, uh, not officious, but he was, he was totes British. And every mm-hmm. time uh, he would pick up the phone, he'd go, hello, Richard. And so to this day, we still call him <laughs> Hello, Richard. <laughs> a flat is not an apartment. An apartment oh, no. oh, is an apartment. Oh, we've been ap- through this. Have we? We've, yeah. <laughs> we've been through this. And then you went, they went to Twitter, and you got a whole bunch of people saying flats are totally a thing, but most of those people are from California. But and th- you got a bunch of people saying it's not thing. a thing. It's a yeah, re- it means I'm, I'm it's, willing- a, it's a term of art. I'm willing to possibly accept that flat is a regional thing because people in California say all sorts of weird stuff. No, it's not a California thing. It's a San Francisco thing. Any sorry, s- sorry. Even more, even more localized microclimates. It's, it's worse there. than California. They, yeah. they, they have uh, linguistic <laughs> microclimates. <laughs> you got to wear layers. And so the thing is, if okay, so if you have a freestanding single family home with a single family living in it. You call that a house. It's a house. If you have a house that used to, well, secondarily used to be a single family home, but primarily has a, as you say, apartment per floor of the house. Everybody, when you pay rent, you're paying rent for this floor of the house with a separate entrance, right? That is a flat. Mm -hmm. A floor of a, generally a floor of a house. And that is not the same thing as an apartment. An apartment is what you get in an apartment building. It's different. (laughs) It's totally different. Well, like apartments where they're all stuck together. Well, like an apartment building is made out of apartments. You don't, a flat building is a house. A house has flats. Right. right. So what about all the multifamilies where they rent them out in vertical slices? How do you mean? You mean like, like a Japanese hotel type situation? It's a, a big old freestanding house that used to be a single family house, but was converted into three units, hmm. left, middle, and right. You call and it each an unit, flat. Each unit... <laughs> Each unit had three floors and a basement. You called a demi flat. <laughs> <laughs> Deities and demi flats. Yeah. Uh-huh. Kind of like <laughs> I like the Melnabonians. Uh, what else did he do in that? He did the Melnabonians. He he drew a drew a badass Stormbringer, mm-hmm. and he did. I think he did. He did the uh, the Egyptians. I think that's what mm-hmm. we call them. Are we calling them Egyptians? I, I think know. he did the Egyptian demis gods gods. And then some of the other ones, like that guy, Errol, E-R-O-L, didn't always love his stuff. And he always had that big signature. It was kind of off-putting. But, yeah, the print in that book is really small. I can't believe I read it that much. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, you're back. So you and your family, we don't have to talk about it, but you, your, your family uh, visited people? Or was yeah, it just... we had a little, little mini vacation. Mm-hmm. Did you have to take so, them out of school? Uh, no, I don't think they missed any days of school. I think because the we got New Year's Day off, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, wait. So, oh, really? Your kids go back to school tomorrow? Yeah. Holy crap. Huh. Why is that? Uh, oh, it's a, people, that's right. I forget. Places that don't have big winters don't do what we do. Like, so we have a week off for Christmas and then we have winter break in February. Okay. Yeah. So, ours was it started on the. No, that wouldn't be right. The 21st, I think, was the last day of school. We uh, Through the 28th is off. Through the 4th is off. She goes back on the 7th. Mm-hmm. My lady goes back to work tomorrow, so her jubilee is over tonight. But, um, yep, I'm yeah. back to work tomorrow, too. You're going back to work tomorrow? Aw, mm-hmm. Jiminy, I'm sorry. It's life. Also, you get, you get don't you get a smackdown on snow days there? Don't they, like, kind of... Do all kinds of monkey business because of snow days? 
Yeah, there's a certain amount accounted for and you use them. But then if you start using too many, then they start extending the school year because now you use too many snow days. And But if you don't use enough snow days, then the school year could end earlier than you thought. It's all, it's all, it's a big system. No, that's higgledy-piggledy, as we say in Britain. Yeah, that's a, try, try scheduling camps. Oh, no, thank you. No, thank you. And the camps, you know, you got to camp out for the camps. You got to like make sure you get your application in fast enough. For yeah, the they got all, they got all the way done by now, yeah. They fill up. Okay, uh, well, I'm glad you're back did you see my suggestion in the pre-show area pre-show is still okay right i did i think we should yes i think we should well not really but well we'll let it slide uh the the concept or the uh or the uh, taxonomy you're in jubilee where would you put it would you put it in follow-up it's not follow-up well well we don't have a pre-show everything's on the show is in the show as soon as we start the call you want to go so how can there be a pre-show belongs in a pre-show in our band that used to be when you take a poop before you play but in this case, it's mm-hmm, something we mm-hmm. could talk about that's kind of a meta topic. Now, if you had kept in my cool idea for either a straw man agenda or if we had allowed in front matter, this would be perfect for front matter because <laughs> it's not follow-up. <laughs> I, I trim them down and you make new ones. They, they come into being. And, that, and then you're, what you put in the pre-show is, John, in all caps. <laughs> Go on. Like you, I, I don't expect you to remember things. You don't, you don't even remember what we talked about on the show. How would you know whether or not you put it in there? Who put differences in the – you changed it again. It's supposed to be big topics. Big topics. <laughs> why, why did you... Uh, so who, who, who put differences in big topics? Uh, probably me as a joke. Oh, you got me again. Like back oh. in episode one. Anyway, in, in the spirit of uh, Flophouse ill-specified contests, I would love to explain this thing that I just read for the first time 15 minutes ago. Well, just you guys do it. I figure you guys are kind of out of topics on ATPC, pad it out with like a third of the show being questions. But we've never done that for this program because we still have a lot a to talk about. A third of the show? What? Oh, come on. Really? Sometimes well, you, we don't even have, we, we'll go multiple guys, weeks without Ask ATP. Oh, you complain about ZFS. You talk about how you can't get your Tesla. Like, Casey's got a video. And then a third of it is questions from listeners. I'm not complaining. I still listen. It's not, mostly. A, it's not a third. It's about a um, third. But so the the problem with, uh, on ATP was people would send us questions for years before we ever had a segment where we answered questions. And then we, what we used to do is have one show a year where we answered questions. But yeah. that was insufficient to to slake the thirst of question askers. So the mm-hmm. questions continued to flow in, in a giant torrent. So we had to find an outlet for them, otherwise the dam would break. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, there's, you know, we don't have that problem here. Not many people are asking us questions. Also, but, it's, uh, it's a little world. People, not everybody's allowed into the little world, but I thought we could pop a little hole. And so the concept we're talking about here, which is in the, currently in the pre-show area, but should probably more properly... <laughs> pop a little hole to let the pre-show? Let the, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, uh, escape, escape. <laughs> How are you feeling about that section mm. now? <laughs> <laughs> Just beat a little um the idea was we hi our idea was my idea was that john learned about 15 minutes ago he's all miffed about was that we offered the opportunity for you all to uh if you have questions that you like us to answer no guarantee we answer it but you could ask us on twitter and that we would pick ones that we want to answer and uh respond most people don't admit it and how would how would one go about asking that's a really good question um my suggestion would be that you use whatever your personal twitter account is or your work Twitter account, if you're like Chick-fil-A or something, and you ask a, ask a question that will fit in and just leave room for the hashtag AskRecDiffs, one word. And I, I haven't tested the if to yet, but I think it'll work. It's the same one I did for Dalrymple Report. I think it'll work fine. Yep, it'll, it'll go into a Google yeah, which is actually a really good way to do that. So here, 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 hi. So the idea is if you would like to ask John and me something, um, 
Uh, if you would like to ask John and me something. Yes. Uh, just. You got so, it. Yeah, well, yeah, it bugs me. I don't like it when people get that wrong. A lot of people say I just because they want to sound fancy. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're triple, you're triple guessing yourself. Hi. Um, if you would like to ask a question to John and or me, please uh, send a toot with your question in it and use the hashtag. Uh, you get the pound sign, the actor Thorpe, ask rec diffs. And then at some unspecified time in the future, we will look at the questions, pick some out and answer them on the show. We got a lot of things under big topics we haven't covered. But as John Syracuse likes to say, it's on the list. Right on the infinite time scale, we mm-hmm. will get to religion. Mm-hmm. How does it even mm-hmm. work? Exercise, Moana. Oh God, that one's got whiskers on it. Uh, we still got Admiral Akbar. I, I trim stuff down in there occasion. Sometimes things age out. Really? Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like we got to take the Chromebook out. The sports one's a little long in the tooth. All right, well, you're, you're getting ahead of yourself. You just skipped Am over I? follow up. We got we got two important follow up. I'm, I'm not done. I'm not done. So thank you for listening. If you want to ask a question. You ask a question that's a good question. Do whatever you want. Like, have fun with it if you want. But, like, you know, ask like a, like a good question. That's all I ask. <laughs> Don't just shuck and jive. Like, ask something good. I sound, now I sound like my bim bam. But, like, first of all, number one, no bummers. But also, like, ask a question that, like, you would want to have answered. You know what I'm saying? Don't be performative, is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know what? Let's not do this. I'm taking this out of pre-show. <laughs> no, you, you can ask whatever you want, can but you? we're not going to be able to answer all of them, so we'll just pick the good ones. Okay. But we'll do it at some point. Yeah. Sure. But we're not going to do it all the time. We're not going to do it for like one-third of the show every week. Oh, so did you do anything special for your birthday when you were out of town? No, just usual. Okay. Get birthday cake. Get some candles and oh, blow those candles so nice. out. You know, you do the thing. That's nice. That's nice. Did you get any time to yourself? Not so much. I got two days to myself. Uh, sleeping count? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yeah, I think it does. I got two days off. They went and visited family, and I got two days off. Oh, what? That, that's this before we even get. Well, before we get the follow up, we should we should cover this. Yeah. What happens when people stop being polite? <laughs> Start getting real. What, yeah, yeah. What happens when you are home by yourself, no one to rein you in? I, you know, I, it's so easy to joke about from like a million different angles, but like the exact same thing happens every time I said it, like right before they went out the door and I'm sorry, I'm going to be real for a minute. I said, you guys haven't even left yet. And I already kind of miss you. I said, here's the truth. I love it when you guys leave the house for about three hours, but when you're gone for more than three hours, like I, I kind of miss you guys and I like having you around. And then I immediately <laughs> want another break as soon as they're home. Um, but uh, no, they went to visit. Uh, they went up to the, the family out in the, uh, you know, out in the East uh, mm-hmm. part of California and um, played in the snow. And it was really just, it was just, three, two of the days were very short, but two nights and, uh, hung out, hung out with the dogs, had some good dog time. Um, we got our, my, my sister-in-law, a, uh, a really cool dingus for sealing sous vide bags. And she's very happy with it. And uh, Ellie got some more cool Harry Potter sheets and stuff. So that was good. What, what did you do during this time? That's what we want to get. What it's, did you do? It's so lame. I mean, I feel like I should get a hooker or at least like higher. That's not really, no. No, no, but I, I think to myself, like, I have unrestricted access to this metropolitan city. I can do anything I want. I should at least hire a handy. I should do something that is really ambitious. And the truth is... I was is, thinking maybe, like, I slept really late, but you're going... I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. You, well, I'm going to surprise you. No, uh-huh. no, no. I had, um, I had some delivery food. I watched mm. some TV. But honestly, I felt like it was like a Camus novel. By like 10 o'clock the first night, I'm like, oh, not even 10 o'clock because that's part of the fun. By like 8 o'clock that night, I might have been watching basketball, but I was just like, hmm, this is like, you know, fine, whatever. 
had a steak mm-hmm. that night. That was good. Do you have a vision of a vision of your lonely bachelor life if you didn't get married and have a child? Mm, I don't know. I would have a different. I, I you know that's such a good question. I don't know how different I would be if I were never married or if I were no longer married to this family. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I and I certainly don't want to make anybody feel bad who wants that and doesn't have it. But I think I would be kind of bummed. I think I would I would miss having my kid around. She's really, really annoying, but like, it's exciting. Like, here's the thing though. Like, you know, it's annoying, but it's great. Like I'm, I'm trying to just lay down and rest a little bit before I talk to John Syracuse. He sharpens me like a knife and takes all of my energy out of me over two hours, which is how it's supposed to work. I leave it all in the field. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm laying in bed and reading about Mitt Romney and trying to look at political Twitter. And I hear, dad, and, and I go in and then she shows me some funny memes about alignment from D and D. And I'm like, don't be an idiot. Like, treasure that. Walk across the house. But still, how hard is it? How hard is it? You just come in the room and talk to me. Do you have to yell from the other side of the house every time and get me out of bed? Can't you, can't you bring it to, or just say it even Can to you the, come, come to your invalid father and bring the memes to me? <laughs> I'm like all four grandparents from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's right. You're yeah. just permanently part of the bed. Yeah, and she, uh, sometimes, eh, a few times a week, especially if she wants a glass of water, she'll use the, the uh, lady in a tube to summon me. Um, she does that a fair amount, but mm-hmm. uh, no, I, no, but to, just to be honest, no, it was incredibly, um, boring. What did I do? I did some house projects. Um, actually I have a funny, a kind of funny anecdote. That's kind of germane. I'm going to save it for projects talk, mm-hmm. but I had to install something new at the house that took lots of installation. I bought a new dish drainer and set it up. I configured it and set it up. Uh, that was a hit. Uh, I did watch some basketball. Uh, I did not watch Survivor because we watched that as a family and I can't cheat on them. No, but it was really quotidian. Now, here's the funny part. Both nights, I went to bed super early. <laughs> it isn't like I went out and was like, hey, you know, I can go, I don't know, uh, trip the light fantastic and come to bed at any time and smoke a bunch of cigars. No, no, no. I watched some music videos on YouTube and went to bed. One night, I went to bed at nine. Do you think you went to bed early? Because I, I find I do this sometimes, like, Part of the reason I'm staying up late, both from when a child as an and as an adult, is well, as a child, it's because you're delaying what you know to be the start of the next day yep. because the, your day as a child. Is I already like know the answer to the like question. Right. This is, like, this is then, a very good uh, question. As an adult, what you're doing is like <laughs> stealing this, time. <laughs> yeah, this is the time I get for myself when yeah. everyone else is asleep, and as soon as I go to sleep, that time ends, so I'll stay up really late. But when you know when you wake up tomorrow, there will be no one in the house. There's yeah. no reason to stay up late. You can get that time whenever you want. Hundo percent. Exactly that. Yes, yes, yes. That's I, I had not even, I would, hadn't thought of it in that way, but it's absolutely accurate. I was like, I don't need to steal time to like, because you know what it is when, when you're really stealing time, what is it? I mean, for me, it's for it's you. Time theft is what it is. <laughs> time theft is a known issue. For you, I think there is TV watching and I imagine playing Destiny and stuff like that, which you'd mm-hmm. prefer to do by yourself. Um, for me, it's, it's um, untreated ADD where I just need a time like that's when i look at twitter like that's when i like post funny things on twitter but also look at twitter and it's when i like watch something dumb on youtube that's utterly like inessential occasionally i'll watch something you know like for a challenge for the other show or something like that but no mostly it's exactly that i heard a really good interview with a woman boy who was it i'm gonna bollocks this up (laughs) sorry i'm gonna screw Mm -hmm. this up Mm -hmm. you (laughs) you once lived with a guy (laughs) sorry gov uh, I read an, uh, I feel like I heard an interview. It's going to be so obvious with this woman who talked about her mother. Oh, 
oh god i think it's a popular podcast that i can't remember it was an interview with this woman and her um her mother was a i believe a poet and she would didn't sleep well at night but that's also when she would do her work like she would be up in the middle of the night because it was the only time that everything was still and she could know that she would be like mostly just left alone to do her thing and when i was trying to be a writer boy i had great success with that like getting up at four or five it was a great time to write when nobody else is up yet. But no, you've, you've totally nailed it. I, I, I don't have any unslaked thirst for adventure. I, um, I've become a real, what do you say, like a, a hobbit hole, like oh, hobbit you got, person. You've got hobbit tendencies. That's what you got. I've got hobbit tendencies. It's totally true. Uh, and the call of adventure is not as enjoyable to me as just sitting around the house. And uh, I really like my bed. I'm very good at bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really like that. No, you're, you're exactly right. There was nothing adventurous. What's the most adventurous thing I did? I mean, I ran some errands. I went to Walgreens, but uh, got, a, got a burger. But no, that was, that was it. And I, it was really nice. Yeah. But then that I also do feel, like I a, feel the pressure to like have the house look nice when they get home. Mm, so I have yeah. to do like, I feel like it's a thing I've said to my daughter since before she could understand what I'm saying, which is like, it, it's a good idea and a nice thing which are different things, but related. It's a good idea and a nice thing when mom gets home for the house to look better than when she left, which is a very complicated concept. But like, it's so normal and easy for the house to look worse than when mom left. But like, that's how I feel. Like when my family comes home, it should look better than when they left. The magic thing I find with dealing with the house is that when there aren't any, it's not just when like, oh, everyone's gone but me, but just simply removing the children, you notice how how many things remain in the place where they are put. Like you it's like you feel like you're constantly cleaning the house, but then when all the kids go, you clean up the house, right? And then you're like, huh, I clean that thing up and I put it away and it's still there. It's a day later. It's still, it's still there. Like I don't have to re-clean it up. And then you realize, wait a second, things don't just magically move out of their spots. Yeah. Little people move them. Adults don't move. Adults don't go in no. there and take everything off the shelf and put it all on the floor and then you have to do it again. And so like when the, when the kids are gone, you can, just, you can clean the house and it stays clean for just a tremendous amount of time. It's like a miracle. It is, it is, it's, it's like your house has become unhaunted. I think, mm-hmm. I feel exactly. like we've talked about scissors before and the scissors problem and how often, probably once a month, I order another pair of scissors because no, we don't need six pairs of scissors. It's just, we can sometimes not find one pair of scissors and eventually that evens out a little bit, but it's so strange to go like, okay, I need to get the scissors. And I open the door and there's three pairs of scissors in there and I'm like, what is this magic? Like, <laughs> Because no, literally, literally, like it's it's insane. Or the hairbrushes, there will be three hairbrushes, and then there are no hairbrushes, and it's like, anyways, yeah, you're you're exactly right. The kids, the kids are the problem. Would you sleep a lot if you got the chance? Would that be your Would that be your jam? Yeah, I've talked about that before. Like now, at this point, the only time I actually can sleep is when there's nobody in the house. Well, I got the dog now, so I can't sleep at all. But, but don't you get you get one day per week, and don't you guys alternate on early versus yeah, sleep? Yeah, but the problem is everyone else is all still in the house. So yeah, I get to you <sighs> yeah. know not not wake up at six a.m. and go out into the freezing cold with the dog, which mm-hmm. is great. But I don't get to sleep, sleep, and it's not the fault of anyone in the house. It's just that there, the fact that there is anyone in the house. What happened to inside voice? That's the other thing I want to know. What happened to inside voice? Are we not doing inside voice anymore? Did we used to do inside voice? I feel like I feel like there was a time in my memory when if anybody in the house was or might have been asleep, we all used inside and we do we talk very quietly, so to not wake the other person up. No, unless you're making pancakes, now boy, you just do all the banging around you want. 
Mm-hmm. Slamming doors, opening and closing doors, making sure as soon as like uh, my wife is so nice, she goes out on my day to sleep in. She closes my bedroom door behind yeah. me so I can sleep. Pretty much sixty to ninety seconds later, my daughter comes, opens the door, <laughs> looking for scissors. <laughs> no, she just opens it. Yeah, just just just, just, so, just like all the sound can come in, and then oh. my wife, thinking she has secured the room upstairs, will never revisit the upstairs for the next no. hour. And I will just sit there with the door open, thinking I could get up and close the door. But if I do that, I will pass the threshold of wakefulness. You know where I you know. can't go no, back down. No, I know, again. I know, I know, I know. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. <clears throat> yeah, I'd like to work on inside voice again. That's rough. So yeah, I need nobody to be in the house, but but it's fine. Like I, that's that's my version of sleeping is not having to wake up and take the dog out in the freezing cold. Hmm. How she seem now that you're back? She seemed good. Oh, she is exhausted. Did they really run her at this place? I mean, she's a lot of dogs there. She has lots of fun. I was I was thinking it was like this when we pick her up, and I was like, maybe every night that she stays at this place, this is how she is. Like when the night comes, she just collapses from exhaustion from just being crazy with all the other. You've crazy tried dogs. that. You haven't been able to achieve that. That would have to be a lot of exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's not even so much the exercise as like the excitement, you know? The stimulation. Yeah. So yeah. we, we picked her up. She was crazy. She was like, oh, oh, I was so excited. And she like practically ran, you know, jumped into our car. She was so excited. When we came, we brought her home and I took her out for a walk. And then she just came in and blah. And now she's just totally in losing <sighs> away. So she'll be back to her, her old self eventually. You know, just back to normal tomorrow. Kids back at school, you're back at work whole night. Yep. Ugh. That's how it works. Cut a little close. Normally, I like to have the extra day. Like little, oh, God, yes. Padding day, but it doesn't work out for this. You got laundry. You got stuff. You got all the stuff. You got lunches? What are you going to do about lunches? What are you going to do about lunches? Planning ahead of time. Yeah, well, so we got we did a little bit of food shopping tonight, so we got food for lunches. Jeez, Louise. Nice vacation. We threw out a bunch of food before we left because we knew it would go bad by the time we got back. It's yep. all it's a system. Oh, well, I understand the system. I have a very large list. Yeah. That, that's one of the things. On the day you leave, you throw out anything that's leftovers or uh, stuff that's going to go bad while you're gone. Do yourself a favor. Mm-hmm. And then we just had takeout tonight for dinner, you know, because you don't have time to do a big dinner. Mm. I mean, I made uh, I made meaty rice tonight. Mm-hmm. Ground beef with uh, wild rice mix. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty good. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Make your next move with Squarespace. Because Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more. Maybe you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog. Guys, team, people, whatever you want to do, you got to put it on the Squarespace. Because Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do whatever you need to do. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got you covered. They even have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you ever need any help. And they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. All of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I'm going to use a technical term here. They're responsive design. So whatever you put onto your Squarespace site, it's going to look good on any device or dingus. It is really like magic. This used to be a whole separate job was making stuff look good on different dinguses. Squarespace does all of that for you. You know, you've heard me talk about it. You guys know Squarespace. I use it for so much stuff. If there's something I have to put on the internet, it goes on one of my Squarespace sites. It's how I run the Roderick on the Line podcast. Our entire podcast is hosted on Squarespace. It's the best. Squarespace plans start at just $12 per month. 
You can start a free trial right now with no credit card required. You go to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. And when you decide to sign up, use that offer code diffs. It'll get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And yeah, it shows your support for reconcilable differences. It's good for you. It's good for us. Squarespace.com slash diffs. Offer code diffs for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. We, uh, ooh, looks like we have two potential pieces of survivor related follow up. We, we mm-hmm. had a listener contact us via Twitter. I don't know if you saw this. A listener contacted us via Twitter, and um, I think in a very, like, with an open, good heart way, this person doesn't own a TV. They wish we wouldn't talk as much about TV. Do you feel like we talk too much about TV? I do not. I don't either, but I don't want to be mean. Mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't want to, because this is, this is Merlin 5.0. I'm not going to clap back and say, like, well, maybe you should watch more TV. But, uh, <laughs> you know, life choices. But, um, you know, and I, and I said to the person, is there something you prefer that we talk about? He said, no, he just liked, he liked the show better when we talked about our lives and didn't talk about TV. So, but you're, you're personally, apart from how we might put off this very nice listener, you're not worried that we talk too much about TV. No, I think we uh, dole it out in a reasonable manner. And, and yeah. talk, we just talk about our lives and talk about TV. TV is part of our lives. Mm-hmm. That's, wow. that's the deal. Wow. 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 That's true. Part of. Part of. Part of a nutritious breakfast. It's a hemi-demi-semi portion of our lives. Mm-hmm. You ever notice about England? They, they got different names for the notes there. I bet they do. Mm-hmm. They call them quavers. Like you get a quarter note. You could have a hemi, hemi-quaver. Like a quid? Hmm? A quid is, I think that might be uh, might be a pound, but I'm not but, sure. It's short for Quidditch. Okay, so how many, how many Quidditches are in a tuppence? Oh, I don't know. You got to feed the birds. Mm-hmm. Tuppence a day. Foreign tuppence blackbirds baked in a pie, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not like Canada where they got ducks on their money. Uh, we've watched, oh God, let me go look this up. I, I thought ahead to write down what we have watched. Since so, so I, I took your list of approved John Circusa approved shows and I've augmented it with uh seasons that look good that are in HD. John Circusa, we have watched five full seasons of Survivor. Which ones did you watch? Uh, I think these are in order. Um, so I'll obviously start out uh, season 37, David's versus Goliaths, season 20, Heroes versus Villains. Mm-hmm. Season 16, Micronesia. Mm-hmm. Season 23, South Pacific. Uh, wrapped up season 25, Philippines last night. And uh, Ellie just started in on, it's like Dinguses versus Doofuses. It's, um, it's, it's, uh, oh, it, <laughs> what it is, it's Game Changers. Mm-hmm. 30, 36, I believe. So it's real healthy. This, <laughs> this Jubilee has been super healthy with the televisual. So you're really subverting my uh, my intended purpose of these episodes by no, no, not, not watching them in order it. or by watching I, them in backwards no, order. I'm not subverting it. I'm you ignoring can't, it. You can't see I'm anyone's character it. arc if you know yes, how you they can. end up. You go no, back. You, you see, I've it's seen. Button. I'm having. Yeah, yeah. No, you're. I'm a trial Famidorian. You're, you're stuck here on Earth, like trying to look through a tube. Whereas mm-hmm. I can see Ozzy in three different ages of his life. I still mm-hmm. haven't seen the original Ozzy. But it, but it, but it removes the drama. Because you know how it Do depends. I? Hmm. Yeah. 
I I don't know. It's, I don't know. It, you know, a uh, Cinderella story, tears in his eyes. Like you don't yeah. get that. You don't get that if you don't. They, they don't see. You don't see them come from nothing. And say, like, I didn't think this person was going to amount to anything. And then I, they ended up being but like some the, of them. I'd the have to go back and watch ever. SD. I can't watch SD. I want to see I more know, Russell Hands, but I'm guessing that's SD. I know. I know about the SD. It's difficult. I understand. Oh, it's so bad. What was the one you suggested? Let me go back to your list here. Uh, N O T E S. Um. So you said uh, Borneo, Marquesas, Pearl. Oh, Pearl Islands is one I, that's supposedly really good that I think we might jump in on. Um, but it, I think it goes HD. Oh, I, I'll get it wrong. But it wasn't that. I mean, there wasn't. They were SD for a pretty long time, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. And the show's so pretty. It's so gorgeous. You, and the camera shots are really good. But anyway, so I just wanted to say, yes, uh, we are hooked. We are in. Um, before you go to your part, I just wanted to say, um, yes, we are in. We are ignoring your advice, which is terrible. Um, but I, I can't imagine watching a TV show from 2001. I, I watch Seinfeld. You know, that's mm-hmm. I watch Seinfeld. It's just something like like broadcast TV looks from a certain period. It looks so murky compared to what I'm used to now. You know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. So uh, where do you want to start? Uh, you like Jeff Probst now. I like Jeff Probst now. Everybody likes Jeff. We still say shut up, Jeff, because that's a thing in our house. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, shut up. Shut up, uh, Abby. That was a big one. Wow. <laughs> wow. She. Wow. There's, you know, there's a few people that you, you know, you're kind of not supposed to like. There's no way that, I mean, any edit you give her, I can't imagine her looking <laughs> anything but very unappealing. Abby, what's her name? She's a, she has a pun name. She's from Brazil, and her name is Abby Maria, mm-hmm. which is almost a religious song. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we like Jeff now because we've seen enough. And now, you, like you, well, not like you, you're OG, but like we know his bits and we know what he's going to say and we like it. And I do see what you're saying about like his pointed questions. It's kind of fun the way that he will obviously call out something that's, you know, hiding in plain sight about how people are playing or how people are interacting. And I've really, I've warmed up to the little guy. Yeah, he's, he's uh, as far as I can tell, I don't know, don't know him personally, but uh, on the show, he is fundamentally good-hearted. Hmm. Which, so he's not, you know, and I think that's what the what the show needs. He's not mean or sneering or enjoying the the plight or the evil of the, like, he just, and if he's playing a character, what he, the character he's playing is a good-hearted, good-natured, you know, somebody who wants everyone to do well and succeed and is ex- he, de- he never seems bored by the show he's been doing for 18 years, you know. So I'm glad you've, you've come around on him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally have. Um, and, you know, just and I, I also get what you're saying. I, it's so hard to work with. I can already hear what you're going to say about this. But like, I get what you're saying now about like the introduction of new like devices and bits I, even though, even though I am watching it in the Trump Ambatorian style, mm-hmm. uh, I get what you're saying about that. And and the thing I keep saying to my family that uh, I've gleaned from both you and Max is like how they choose. Well, you like you talked about with the way the show evolves and how they'll do something a little bit uh, different from uh, one time to the next. And you'll see these same challenges again, but there'll be some tweaks to them. And, uh, and now my mind just reels about like knowing what I, the little bit that I know about how much producers massage these shows, not even just in the edit by the editors, but in the, like, I'm thinking of that reality show about reality shows. Uh, but like, um, did you watch that TV show? The show was about the reality show producer. Did you watch that? 
Hmm, what was, what it, was called? it called? I don't think I watched it, but I, I think I heard about it. It's pretty good. But um, now I just think constantly about, you know, how how they predict what the arc is going to be and knowing what obstacles are going to be there and knowing like at this point there'll be this many people in the tribe and therefore we can have this kind of a challenge. And then of course I start thinking about, well, okay, now do you want to find a way to like improbably make Malcolm look like a dingling this week, like, or whomever. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, you, my mind races in a million ways when I watch this stupid, stupid show. One thing you, you might also be missing out on if you don't watch the standard of seasons is, they had a, a bunch of fairly misguided notions about sponsored content. That's why right? I made the so, joke about the Target gift card. Like, I, 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 I remember hearing about, yeah, it's like you're going to get, like, sponsored McDonald's or whatever. Yeah, and they all they, they used to be a big part of the, I don't know how many years they did this. It probably seems like longer than it really was. Like, you know, there would be the winner of Survivor, but also there would be a certain point of, like, who gets the car? They would give away a car on the show. And so maybe you didn't win the show, but you got the car. It was towards the end, like when you're down to three or four or something. Or, or, or afterwards, when you like, don't you get a special prize if you're, like, the most beloved character? Yeah, the fan, fan favorite, get okay, a big yeah, check. Yeah. A lot, the fan favorite is fine, at least that, that in, involves sort of the, uh, you know, in this post-internet age, the fan culture. But getting the car was just another chance for Ford to have a, you know, product placement. So they would have the <laughs> Doritos they would give you and the Coca-Cola. And, and, like, that stuff just fell away. Like, no one gets the car anymore. Totally. In the Philippines, they were drinking totally off-brand sodas. It was really fun. Yeah, th- there still is product placement, but it's not so it's not so in your face and so woven into the show that they call it out, like, that they hang a lantern right. on it. Yeah, there was one. Was it Craftsman Tools or something? There was one that was, was pretty bad. I just sent you a couple links. I don't know how much you've gotten into this. Uh, you know, Max had texted us about this because uh, he's really into like how the rules work. Have you read any of these things like the survival rule book or like look at the contract that they sign? No, I haven't. I heard uh, Max relayed a bunch of information in the Slack and I read that, but I hadn't pursued the documents and, and read about all the, the various things. I mean, for the most part, like, like I said, there's all the stuff that happens behind the scenes. I imagine what must happen behind the scenes based on what I see. But I'm not that interested in seeing behind the curtain. Kind of the same reason no. I don't listen to like podcasts about the TV shows. I'm like, yeah, this yeah, is what they have yeah, to yeah. do behind the scenes to make the show that I get to see. So the only things that sort of tickle my brain are like, as a viewer, it would be helpful. It would help the drama if I knew, uh, you know, what what the what the rules are of this challenge. Are you allowed to just jump over this entire thing? Do you have to step on each one? Do you if you yeah. can reach from one step to the next, can you do every other step instead of doing every step? Uh do you have to alternate people or can one person do this entire thing? Does each person have to participate in the thing at least once? Yeah. You can figure those out by watching. Yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it's implied. And like you say, they do they do canny bits of editing. Like they're not going to show us the boring part of drawing like who gets which catapult or whatever, but they give you enough to know that obviously the, the castaways are familiar enough with the thing that they're going to be doing that they can do it. They wouldn't be confused. Yeah, and Jeff calls it out, like particularly I always wonder, like, did they have to designate one person who was going to do this? Or is that person just hogging it and not letting anyone else have a chance? Because if someone isn't particularly bad at something, I'm like, should I be annoyed at this person because they're hogging the slingshot, but they can't hit anything? Right. Or is it or is it that they had to pick ahead of time? He has to be the slingshot person. So he's actually stuck there and it's bad for the team. And I can't as a viewer, I can't correctly uh, participate in the drama of the show if I don't know that. And usually Jeff will yell something out that will clarify, you know. He's not giving anyone else a chance. Like, oh, he didn't have to do it. Or these two are going to be on the puzzle, which lets you know that they can't sub in someone else for the puzzle. It's just these two on the puzzle. Yeah, that's happening. Um, the season we're watching now, the Game Changers, I don't know the character's name. I forget her name. But this woman who's like, 
She's just ballistic. Like since I started watching this show, she's ballistic the entire time. She's just super mad and like screaming at people. And I took gymnastics for 10 years. Remember this character, like a slightly older woman, like in really good shape, but she's like super mad. And you can hear her complaining like during the challenge about what she was assigned to do. I mean, a lot of this stuff, this is now I'm just looking at the Wikia, which has gleaned uh, a bunch of this stuff. A lot of it is stuff that like you could infer or guess, but lots of little things that I was just, uh, and we won't talk about this all night, but, um, like I always wondered, why don't they ever steal the idol? If you know somebody's mm, yeah, got the yeah. idol, it's, it's clear. It's clear that there are rules involving that. Otherwise, they would right. be like just wrestling for it. Although they have had seasons where people are literally wrestling over an idol. So I think the rules are constantly evolving. Okay. Um. Yeah. So anyway, it's fun to read the actual contract for this, where it lays all this out. But you know, saying that they're going to, re- you know, obviously there's all kinds of. Um, Things they have to sign off on. Stealing personal items is strictly prohibited. And, uh, you know, but they didn't enforce it. Like when Sandra burned Russell's hat, they didn't like enforce that. Mm-hmm. Um, he loved that hat. Uh, responsible for their actions. You can't steal stuff. You can't defile the environment. Uh, Island- <laughs> you can't defile the environment. But another tradition on Survivor, <laughs> I'm not for sure if you've seen this in your seasons, is when they're leaving their camp for the last time Set it on to fire. go to the final travel cancel, they burn their camp down. <laughs> yes. Have you yes. seen them do that? There's Don't defile the environment, yeah. but set a giant fire. That's fine. That'll be fine. They got, they yeah. got kids to do that. The dream team comes in and cleans it up. Um, what is the one I wanted to show you that was funny? Um, oh, they don't do that. That's another thing I remember that they did for years and years. They don't do anymore. Uh, the walking along a series of uh, landmarks or torches to remember the people who have left uh, the game. We skip way the F over that every time. It's some so of those are, lame. Some of those are good because they get to show like highlight clips from the people and you also get to see the people having to act like they have to say something like, yes, oh, about Susie. the person who remember was off Susie? in the first week. <laughs> it's yeah. so lame. Like, does anyone remember Susie? No, I don't. And, uh, it's like, such so padding. Some, it's like 10 so, minutes of garbage in like such an exciting episode. But, but you get to see the people. Sometimes they will. They have sometimes they will feel compelled to act like they cared about the person, but they're not very good actors. Yes. <laughs> it's hilarious. Or other times they won't feel compelled to act. They'll be like, Jim hated him. Mm-hmm. But they have the, the nice music with the strings playing over it. <laughs> Just, yeah. Well, you can certainly see where a lot of stuff in like Hunger Games comes from. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this gives yeah. me a new appreciation. I mean, I got that Hunger Games was influenced by, mm-hmm. well, certainly uh, that Japanese movie that it ripped off. But also, yeah. uh, boy, <laughs> did they, yeah. you know, that lady claimed to never have read that book. She claimed to never have, what is it called? Um, never have seen Battle Royale? They, that person claims to have zero familiarity with Battle Royale. The person who I did believe it. Games. I believe it. Really? Like, yes, I do believe it. Oh, wow. Battle Royale is a very good movie. Um, yeah, I saw it. It's a good movie. Uh, da, 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 what was I going to say? We won't go on about this. There's some stuff I want to save for, for, for future stuff too. But, okay, uh, no environmental bad things. Uh, I think you're not supposed to hurt people. Can't steal but part of the funny stuff also is then like known rule breaches and exemptions. When you go further down, apparently Richard Hatch smuggled a set of matches between his butt cheeks. Wow. Um, Russell's hats, uh, burning, but oh, also there's one, like you, you have to be, it must be so strange. I, I, it's one of the things you don't really think about until you think about it. Uh, castaways to participate in challenges, break these rules, daily Island living. Hmm. This is oddly phrased. Daily Island Living are to be videotaped and or recorded 24 by 7, whether they are clothed, partially or fully nude. Additionally, contestants may talk to the cameramen, though they will not talk back. Cameramen and producers, you can talk to them, but they will not talk back. I thought that was kind of interesting. Areas are off limits. Anyway, uh, it's in show notes if you guys want to go look at this stuff. Uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. 
Oh, uh, after filming, castaways are not allowed to reveal, quote, the ways of production, unquote, until three years after their appearance on the show. The ways of production. The ways of production in Tomorrowland. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's funny. Now that I've seen a handful of uh, what, what you call it, the final ceremony with the, with the jury thing, it's interesting to me how fairly different each one of those is. Mm-hmm. And like, because some of them are like, so I, I mean, and I, I don't want to draw a broad brush because you're talking about whatever 10, 15 people here who are on the jury. But it's so interesting to me how like some of them are really, really good. I think actually the season 37 one was good where people were asking very good questions and they weren't all butt hurt. But the one we watched for Philippines with the guy who talks like Alan Alda, uh, Jenner, Benner, Brenner, uh, the Alan Alda guy, like he was so bitter and he's trying to out Lisa Welchel as a child star. And my wife and I are just looking at each other like, what is he doing? It's so, it's just funny how some of them are just the airing of grievances and other ones are like really interesting, legitimate critiques of how the people perform and asking provocative questions about how they think they did in this situation. They're, they're, each one of these has been very different. Yep, that's why I think if you, even though you hit standard def, if you go back even earlier, you'll see even more different stuff. Because eventually you'll start seeing some sameness, right? Especially because if you're people out of the same have learned, they've seen it enough that they know or can intuit how to influence the jury. Yeah, and speaking of that, the second follow-up item here. Yes, uh, I, yes. I finished season thirty-seven, which I you know I came back with show because everyone was raving about it. We discussed that last time, and we've been watching thirty-seven. Uh, my wife and I. And we both mostly agree that 37 was fine, but hmm. it wasn't anything particularly special for people who have watched every other season except for one. Um, you don't think that one episode no, was good? No, uh, what, I, what I found myself trying to figure out was, is this like a really successful viral marketing campaign where someone starts a thing that says, hey, you might not have been watching Survivor or thought about the show, but this season is really good. Because it was fine. It was a fine hmm. season. It wasn't a bad season. We didn't dislike it. But... Like, there was mostly nothing in this season that wasn't... The only thing that was in the season that wasn't in other seasons was the a new item in the game. But it, almost every season has some new item in the game. And the new item in the game was fine. But, you know, and, and I think there were some good people The, the one on, episode on the with the double double switch yeah, up. Yeah, but, but I feel like that... Have that's you seen about stuff like that before? Show, sure, yeah. Oh, but that had a zig and a zag and a zig. Yep. Yep, no, but uh, like mm. I, I think what mainly what the season was missing is that most of the people were fairly well adjusted and nice, which sounds bad. They're like, oh, do you want everyone to be terrible? But there was not as much mm-hmm. drama because most people were fairly adult and mature about almost everything that happened in the show, yeah. including the jury, which is fine. Mostly what you want to see. But every once in a while, it's good to have one or two people who can't get it out of their own way. Yeah. Right? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or people who are who are able to win like everyone in this in 37 you looked at it and you realize they're probably not going to be able to win because of circumstances X, Y, and Z. No one was able to transcend their circumstances for the most part. Hmm. They, you know, people had their abilities and their relationships and they went through to their logical conclusion. The jury was, was not bitter and angry and mean. So pretty yeah. much things worked out the way you thought they would. Uh, some other seasons have people who are able to get themselves out of situations that you never thought they would have and actually go on to win like impossibly because right. there's enough volatile people or because they do something very strange or whatever. So there are more and more dramatic seasons. There are definitely more boring seasons. I think this was fairly typical of modern survivor. Okay. All what right. All right. Yeah. I think I, I think I see what you, I, mean, I have to, Max is not going to like me saying this, but like, I, I think the premise 
I mean, I admire them for sticking with the premise in some regard of like, well, there are certain people in life who are Goliaths because everything's gone their way and they've been very successful. Well, you know, like after 37 seasons, imagine that you had to come up with something like that theme yeah. for, for two, two times a year. Yeah. Like you're gonna you're gonna run out. Like yeah, yeah, no, I, you're I, really I, scraping the bottom of the bat. And and the show always wants to say, here's the premise we've set up. And the show wants so desperately for the entire show to be about how that premise was incorrect. Every time Jeff has an opportunity, you're a David, but you're acting kind of like a Goliath. You're a Goliath, but you're acting kind of like a David. Yeah. Maybe there are no Davids. Look at a guy, a guy show. who's a lawyer could actually do surprising well, even though he's a David. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I wish uh, I was sad about what happened with Christian and Gabby because Gabby's my girlfriend for this season, and of course we all were rooting for Christian. Did you uh, catch Max's uh, thing about uh, supposedly Christian only agreed to do the show? <laughs> I don't know. If this is true. This is a Maxism. Supposedly Christian would only do the show if he was allowed to bring in scientific um, educational information with the guarantee that it wouldn't be edited out. Do you think that's true? Maybe like when he's up on plausible. the cross that one it time. It sounds and he's plausible, talking... but now I'm thinking back through the season and trying to think: Did that actually happen? He did it like on like three occasions for sure. He did it in that crazy challenge with you know standing on the edge of the thing like a crucifix. Right, but what information did, didn't get edited out? Well, he also did the what's called the the fist breadth way, the breadth first search, explaining that. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Okay, I guess that's not science though. Oh boy. Okay. Closing the bug. But uh, so you consider this, wow, you're such a karma suck. Uh, you think it was an, uh, like a good season, but not nothing. Yeah, no, I think it was fine. I just like, I, I don't think it was so dramatically different or better than like, it, you know, it's probably in the top 10, but yes. towards the bottom of the top 10. Not like as, as I had heard the hype is this, you know, this is an amazing season and, and like, you know, if you if you've been bored by Survivor, come back to it because this will be totally different. It wasn't. It wasn't mm. totally different. It was like the other seasons, and there have been many better seasons and many worse seasons. It was above average for sure, but uh, I think it got overhyped. I think that's the best way to put it. Okay, I, I I'm this is not a good analogy, but I'm reminded a little bit of like the way you feel. This is really stupid. Why am I saying this? The way you feel about Survivor, like you do about so many things, is watch it from the beginning, watch it in order, do not skip things. The story has a bigger arc than just that. Well, but I didn't, I didn't say don't skip because the list I gave you skips tons of stuff. I'm Sorry. just saying like you can you can extract a couple of arcs. <laughs> okay. Because if if you let yes. me just explain it. If if you come in on a season, yes. and there's you know forty people or whatever the number is for that particular season, you don't know in episode one which one of those people is going to end up at the end and which one's going to be voted on the first episode. That's part of the fun of the show, right? If you come in on a season and you see a bunch of people, and I could tell you. The journey I want you to go on is this random person actually is going to lose dramatically in like third place this year, then come back again five years later yes. and lose dramatically, then come back again five years after that and finally win. That's an amazing story. And yeah, I would put coach those coach is a there. journey. That's for sure. There, uh, many people have those journeys. But if you watch the last one first and you just see yeah, them winning yeah. and you see the clip saying this person has played three times before and they yeah. came so close to winning but had to master their demons and blah, blah, blah. You, you skip to the You're end right. of the story. You All don't right. get to... You don't get that experience of seeing a bunch of people and okay. being like, I couldn't believe when I saw those people that this person, this person is going to be the most dramatic story. I will withdraw the analogy. I will not even share the analogy with you because you haven't earned it. Here's what I will tell you. Um, <laughs> I haven't earned the second analogy. On top. <laughs> ah! mm! I still haven't earned the second act of uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Um, 
I'll know. I must be punished. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I was going to say it's like comic books, but then you tear me down about that too. Um, uh, we're not all of it is essential, but it is useful to know about like what happened and what the history is on this mm-hmm. stuff. That's mm-hmm. all I was going to say about that. Yep. Uh, here's what I'll tell you. I am, and I've watched a lot of top dress and a lot of top chef. And I know, for example, that if somebody's getting a large amount of, what do you call it? Airtime, camera time, FaceTime. If they're getting a large amount of coverage through the first three episodes, there's a chance that they are one of two types. They're either going to be a super dingling who is just going to be out pretty soon because they're a total dingling. Somebody, what's that guy's name? Uh, Johnny Paycheck? Uh, Robert? Johnny uh, Fairplay. Yes, yes. Boy, he had dingling written all over him. But so you get a super dingling or there's a pretty good chance that's somebody who's going to make it to the end. Because they go back and it's not just, you know, Donald Trump shows they have to re-edit. They will go back and obviously massage things to suit the narrative of that. But here, let me just tell you what that said. I am terrible at guessing who's even going to make it to, let's say, the last five. Mm-hmm. I And I said this last week. I will not spoil this. But last week, I mentioned a character in particular from 30, maybe 37. But a character who was real, uh, like, whiny about playing the game and getting dramatic in the first episode. And I was like, that person is not going to make it for long. And that person actually did quite well that season. I am terrible at guessing. How are you? How are you at guessing within the first couple episodes who's going to win? Uh, I, I'm getting better at it. The thing is that the, the show is metagaming. Long since it's been metagaming, right? So they used to be back in the early seasons. On episode one or two or three, Whoever got the most airtime on those episodes was being voted out because they had this this sort of like fairness. Well, whoever doctrine. was like reminiscing about how much they missed their family, you ready to get that one? No, like just just the most airtime. Okay, this, especially episode one, whose face is on screen the most? That is the person getting voted out because they felt like we have these people on the show, and if we you know if we know that this person ended up getting voted out, this is all the airtime they're ever going to have. So the majority of this episode is right. going to be that person's story, that person's face. And like maybe an inordinate amount of time showing them doing a terrible job on the obstacle or something. Yeah, or whatever it is that even, you know, even if they're voted out for, for an unfair reason, just because they felt like it, oh, it has to be fair because there's going to be the whole rest of the, se- the season. They're not going to be on it. So we have to right. put a ton of them in this episode. And, and same thing for episode two and three. Early on, all you need to do is say who had the most airtime, they're getting voted out. Wow. But eventually they learned, OK, you know, fairness, whatever, fairness aside, we're telegraphing too easily who's going to get voted out. So let's stop doing that. So then they'd have someone who's getting a lot of airtime, and then the person who gets voted out is some person who got, like, no airtime, but, you know, whatever, they got voted out. And then the person who gets a lot of airtime is the, no, what you're talking about. It's like, well, if someone keeps showing up, they're probably going to be a long-time person because they want us to be invested in the character. And now they're kind of metagaming that to say, don't telegraph too early who, like, the main players are going to be. You know, it's like in the in the middle-early season – don't spend a lot of time on someone who you know is going to be important later in the season because it makes it too easy to realize who's going to be voted out. So that we're at like seven different levels of, I forget what it is, the, that word for like, I know that you know that I know that you know. It's like in term, Same thing with counting the votes, with taking the names out. They show a name and their name. It used to be they had a pattern, which is basically like, if, it, if, they're, if it's close, do alternates until oh, the that, last that, that's one. That's one thing that's very easy to, you can really see how they're working that. Well, they used to do it even more, obviously. Now, at least they put doubles in. They don't go A, B, A, B, A, B, right. one vote left. And yeah. now sometimes they do A, A, B, 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 
A, like they mix it up a little bit. It used to be so obvious that after like two votes in, you'd be like, oh, I know how it turns out because they're doing the pattern. Now they mix up the pattern. Oh, absolutely. Which, uh, you know, yeah. so, so I think they're definitely playing with our, with longtime viewer sensibilities to try to make it not as obvious. And that, that's part of the fun of the show. And, and picking out the people, the problem is very often uh, early on in a season, someone will get voted out unfairly. Someone who could have potentially gone on to win the game mm-hmm. just because like the mood in the camp that day or one, you know, like some silly day one thing where people don't even know each other and you feel so bad for them because they look like they so, would have so done it, great. So especially the early or in the early episodes of a season, some, it's, it seems so gratuitous. It's very so arbitrary. Arbitrary. arbitrary, arbitrary. Yeah. Depends on the people. Depends on how petty they are. Depends on how misguided they are. Depends. She doesn't just, gather much wood and she puts too much sugar in her coffee. <laughs> and then by the end, they're like, they don't even care. Like whatever, you know, this guy lazes around camp all day, but he's part of my alliance so it doesn't matter it's a good show what um hmm i feel like stipulating that uh well let's not stipulate um what would you be surprisingly good at on this show and what would ultimately be potentially your downfall uh i would be surprisingly good at knowing what everyone else should do uh my downfall would be the inability to do anything for myself that's in life (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Like right. it's very easy to Why do you think do I a, used to be a self-help guru? I can <laughs> I can help everyone but myself. It's like, oh no, that's a bad move. You know what? You should stop in the first episode. Don't spend so much time lurking around the woods and whispering mm-hmm. to people. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Like play it low key. Nobody wants you looking for an idol in the first but episode. Then, yeah, like, don't do yeah, that. So I'm I'm not good at getting people to like me, so that would not be good on this show. But like I feel like it would be a good it's part of what, kind of what I did in, in high school was spend me and my other uh, you know uh, neurotic neurotic friends yeah, would spend friends. a lot of time discussing what other people should do in their lives. In extensive detail. It was all very clear to us, but you know, didn't have any idea what we should do or if we did know couldn't execute on it. Right, right, right. I, I I mean the most obvious thing for me is like I just would be I would be undone by <laughs> everything I hate. It's being outside, it's mm-hmm. competition, lack of sleep. Lack of sleep, sleeping on bamboo when you do lay down, and just all of these alpha personalities and it would just be like high school to the fourth power for me. No, like you'd just, be so you'd be so angry at everybody all the oh, time and then so you would angry. not be you would not be able to hide that fact and they would all know you're angry at them and they would want you out so fast. Yeah, you're right. I'd want me out. But you're not <laughs> but allowed you'd to want do to get that. out. You'd be one of those people who like gets there and realizes nothing is worth these mosquito bites. <laughs> it'd be like, you know, it'd be like Johnny Paycheck. Like he seems like he was not the season I saw, he was Fair not play. fully invested in being there. Yes. Boy, what an idiot. <laughs> He had a little baseball cap and everything. He's, wow, what a dingling. Next to the lady who used to spit on her clothes on top dress. I think he's up there in the Hall of Dinglings. She spit on her own floor. I never she understood that. <laughs> the other ones you couldn't even sit on. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> okay. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by ExpressVPN. You can learn more about ExpressVPN right now by visiting expressvpn.com slash diffs. We've seen a lot in the media lately about online security breaches, so it's only natural to worry about where your data goes, especially when something as simple as sending an email can put your private information at risk. Chances are you're being tracked by social media sites, marketing companies, and possibly even your internet provider. Gross. Not only can they record your browsing history, they can also sell it to people who want to profit from your info. But you can take back your privacy with ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN works by securing 
and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address. You can uh, turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click. The easy-to-use apps run seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone, and tablet, and it costs less than $7 a month. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar, and it even comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and want to keep the bad guys away from your data, well, you need ExpressVPN. I got this thing, and boy, it was a doddle to set up. It's so easy. It's shockingly easy to set up on uh, on my Mac, on my iPad, on my phone. Uh, it's, a, it's a really cool service. Now, if you don't want your online history in the hands of your internet provider or data resellers, ExpressVPN is the answer. Protect your online activity today. Find out how you can get three months free with a one-year package by going to expressvpn.com slash diffs. That's expressvpn.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S for three extra months free with a one-year package. Expressvpn.com slash diffs. Say it soft and it's almost like praying. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Uh, we don't have to do a marathon tonight, just FYI. Why don't we keep it simple? Yeah, I think we should fin- finish up. I want to hear about some of your projects because that's been on there for a while. And while it's fresh in your memory, I want to hear about some of your projects. Well, don't, didn't you have some? Did you want to talk about your daughter's room? Uh, I'll work it in after you explain your projects. Your projects are more <laughs> recent, and I want to hear. I saw this some is, photos yeah. of a very, some very impressive things going on in your house. We, previously, we talked about the rugs arriving and, and you dealing with those, but we're way beyond rugs. Now. No, they talk about, you know, Ginger Rogers did the same thing as Fred Astaire, but like backwards mm-hmm. and in heels. Like yep. that, that's the holiday season. It's like, uh, I'm, I'm all, but I'm Ginger Rogers dancing with myself. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah. So basically picking back up where we left off a month or so ago. Yeah. At that, at that time, yeah, projects, 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 so many projects that I learn about and then end up becoming the sort of logistical captain of, uh, so back then it was getting ready for the loft bed. We got to move the mattress downstairs. The Now we're kind of doing the same thing backwards, but um, it's like, are you aware of a certain kind of gift that can be given? I'm going <laughs> to call it, I'm going to call it a message gift. Would you have any idea what I mean when I when I when I talk about a message gift? A message gift, like a, like, like a, like a Sicilian message? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he sleeps with the fishes. Yeah, like we just get a just get yeah. a fish wrapped in newspaper. And I'm, <laughs> That's just are what you I trying wanted. to send a message. With it's okay. The re- the it's okay. The receipts in there. You can take it back. Mm-hmm. No, but um, I think everybody does this. What some people do it more than others. Is that when you give give your your preteen child deodorant, that kind of gift. Exactly. All right. All right. Even if it's nice deodorant, mm-hmm. it's like it's still you're giving deodorant. Mm-hmm. Um, prologue. When I um, do uh, computer stuff at home, uh, are you familiar with the child's Ikea kitchen from Ikea? It's the classic Ikea kitchen playset for a little kid. And it's really, really quite good. It's got like, it's very, it's very canny in the way that it's designed. It's, uh, it's got two little like cabinet type things up top. Uh, one of which uh, you could like use as a microwave oven in play. The other one has a, like an oven that you open at the bottom. Um, and this very, you know, obviously like kind of a very narrow top. You can look up Ikea Kitchen. Um, and it's just the perfect height for me to use as a standing desk. So for something like three years in our bedroom, I have used my daughter's ex-Ikea Kitchen as a standing desk. And I, I've gotten signals over the years that re- 
replacing that with something else or <laughs> getting rid of that. Having the child's IKEA kitchen in the master bedroom yeah, is something. This, this is why you don't take photos so people can examine the background. Because once someone sees a child's kitchen playset in your bedroom, it's turned around the, backwards. The mind, the mind reels. <laughs> but <laughs> and it's like, all right, I'm going to figure out what possible kink could this could this bedroom. Like <laughs> it's, it's not even like having a sexy touch. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's a child's IKEA kitchen uh-huh. playset. <laughs> Who wants what? breakfast? What? It's kind of like you know role playing as giants who love breakfast. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so it's turned around. It's facing the corner, like uh, like in Blair Witch Project. The spoilers front, facing the front window, where if you're looking up, you can see there's a kitchen. <laughs> the neighbors a can see. Bit. If it's you knew, bed. if you knew there was an IKEA kitchen in one of these windows, you'd know which one it was. All right. And signals were sent. Signals were proffered mm-hmm. over something like one to three years. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe there's other things that could be like a, a standing thing. desk. Especially if that person has their own like 350 square foot office to themselves. Maybe here at the home, that could be something that's, you know, something different than the Well, they child's. wanted it not to be a standing desk. It's not that they were saying stop using an IKEA kitchen as a standing desk. They're saying maybe out, stop having a standing desk in the bedroom, period. Turns out that was not the case. Hmm. Because daddy got a standing desk for Christmas. For the bedroom? Yes. No, it looks great. And it's All real right. nice. It's got like a bamboo. It looks very fancy. It looks a lot. Let me put it this way. It's fancier than a child's Ikea kitchen. Is it manual or powered? It's nice. It's powered. Oh. It's powered. And mm. so, but like the entire thing was such a hilarious and wonderful debacle. Like everything about this, we, my wife and I have both been laughing so goddamn hard about this because the entire thing has been such a rocky journey. There's a whole thing of me like not acknowledging her very kind clues to say, could we not have a child's toy in our front window? And I'm like, oh, it was really great. And it's not too, you know, it's not too deep. It's just big enough to put my MacBook Pro on. Like, it's really, mm-hmm. really nice. And there's not, you can't put anything else on there. I got my seasonally affective disorder lamp and my computer on there. And that's, that's all I need. I don't need a desk, honey. Don't worry. I'm good. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not so much about need. <laughs> And more like what I inflict. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the whole thing has been kind of a riot and we've had many good laughs about it because like one day I came home and, um, you know, like sometimes happens with uh, the holidays and deliveries. Uh, a standing desk has been delivered outside the front door. Um, And I, of course, did what anybody would do. What do you do? You act like you don't see it. <laughs> so there's there's so many layers to this charade. That's so awesome. I came up, I said, um, uh, there's a, something, uh, downstairs, a delivery, I'm pretty sure it's, it's not for me. And of course I'm trying not to, I'm doing the thing you do with trailers. Like I'm trying not to look at the thing, but I see enough of it to go like, oh, that's a big piece of furniture, furniture. Mm-hmm. Oh, come mm-hmm. on. And she was like, oh, did you, did you look at it? I was like, um, oh, not hard. Not really. No. Um, and she was like, oh, God, oh, God. And then, like, we both started, like, laughing a little bit. Like, oh, God, because we both know what's going on. <laughs> my my wife opened up all the packages that it contained her gifts, I think. You're kidding! I, I addressed them. I addressed that our system is, if it's addressed with my name on it and it's the Christmas season, don't open it. But yes. she just blindly opens anything without looking at the name because, because mostly everything's for her because she has Amazon Prime. So when we order from Amazon, it's, everything comes in her name no matter who ordered it. Oh, right? God. But during Christmas, they have my name. But she doesn't even look at the names. And she kept, well, she kept uh, handing me apologetically these boxes that had already been cut open saying, I didn't look. I didn't look. Or I, did, I didn't look too much. 
every every one of her stings. She knows. Uh, and, this, I, and, know, this is, and this is ignoring the fact that for the most part, she knows what she's getting because she tells me and I get her what she tells me. To, it's like, she, it, oh, she's no, very I got, all, everything I got her was off of her, her wish list. Yeah. So yeah. I'm saying, like, it's just, it, she already knows what it's going to be anyway. And then she opens the package. There's such a simple solution for this. I mean, for live for separately t- during the holidays, right? Live separately. You get a different flat. For mm-hmm. time immemorial, we have had things like uh, what's that phrase you use for like in band versus out of band, right? Like, there's a kind of out of band solution for this. It could be something called a routing number, for example. So, mm-hmm. like, when you send something somewhere and you send it to the company, you don't put the routing number into the USPS address for something, but you have a way to denote on the outside of there a code that lets it get to the right place, mm-hmm. or to say, you know, like regarding type stuff. How hard would it be for Amazon in particular, let's be honest. How hard would it be for Amazon to let you have an area to put something on the outside of the box of your choice up to, say, 20 characters? But you can do that. You can you can do the care of thing. Do you know about the care of? We did that for years. We would do two uh, blah, 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 care of, blah, blah, blah. Like you can add a, a second line to your address. The, the key thing, the key flaw in the system, as I just described with my thing, is it requires the person receiving the package to read any part of the outside of the package. Well, I mean, some things are going to be hard to fix. All, I, all I'm saying is, like, for example, I'll send you a screenshot of what I did this year. I mean, it, it just it would be so easy to, like, one, one trick that I do is I'll use a different version of my address. I have one. There's the address that I use for my wish list address. And I'll notice it says something like default address, and it has extra metadata in it that I wouldn't use normally. Um, I've done that. I, when I've sent things to Alex and Max, I've u- used jokey things in the address. I mean, just let somebody put in their own thing. There's a million ways you could use this. You could have just say, have it just say, like, from Santa. Something that indicates that in this delivery is stuff, whatever all this contains, we know that at least one item in here is not for everybody. And if it comes to you and it says Santa on it, you know what that is. I would take it further, though. I think you should be able to do your own indexing system. This is what I do. When I get something that arrives, I have a text file that's numbered where I go in and put a number on the box that goes with an index in my, in drafts so that I know what's in that box for that particular delivery. And this makes it so dealing with wrapping, dealing with hiding, dealing with all of these things is so, would be so much easier. I, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I got a, uh, uh, Amazon echo dot thing and mm-hmm. the Yankee swap at work, which was a pretty good prize. Oh, to oh, get. oh nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and I just got it and, and discovered that the feature it has that it notifies you when a package arrives, but it says that it won't tell you what's in it until after the new year, which I thought was nice. Right. Yeah. Oh, so you're not complaining. No, yeah. I think they worked out well, like that, it, it, you know, it would announce the packages, but then wouldn't say the contents, uh, you know, this is after my wife had already opened them, but like, I feel like the technology was working for me there. Uh, I won't send this to you. It's boring. Well, suffice to say. You know how it is. It's certain kinds of things. Like when you live in close quarters with people, you don't over-concentrate on certain kinds of things, not to lose your mind. You don't over-notice farts. You don't over-notice sounds. You know, it's like being in the army. You have to have a certain amount of decorum. And in my case, like I can, I, I with my Terminator, Terminator heads up, I can instantly scan that that is a certain kind of object and it's not for me. Mm, stop trying, paying attention go upstairs. It was too heavy for her to bring up by herself. Mm-hmm. So I helped with it. Mm-hmm. and brought while, it up while, while you averted your eyes well I, I had to avert my eyes there's a second piece that arrived we, we brought that up anyway 
But uh, that's one of my projects. And then I opened up on uh, Christmas Day. It's like, oh, my God, look at this. And I have to be dead honest with you. The entire time I'm going, like, I can't believe she's getting away with this. I can't believe she's getting away <laughs> with gift, this, though. with the message gift. Mm-hmm. I can't believe she's going to get away with this because no way is this going to be as good as the Ikea Child's Kitchen, which I have grown to love. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, so while they were gone, I put it together and it's awesome. It looks great. It works great. I, I'm not going to show you because you'll criticize it, but I've even done some cable management where I set it up with the thing all the way. It's got a little hole in the back with a little, little dealy where you can mm-hmm. put the cords through. It's, like, it's like practically like it's purpose built to be a desk. It's almost like a desk, right? You can't microwave anything in it. It doesn't have that cool right, sizzling no, sound for the pots and pans. Have, there's no pretend burners. No, but the burners would make a sound. You put a 9-volt battery, <laughs> so good. I'll find the kitchen for you. Um, I set it up. I set it up and then managed the cables. I did. The, I even bought a bastic to put the uh, power supply in so it would look less horrible. And then I strung all the cables and I Velcroed them together. And it it works a treat. It, it's better than Gift of the Magi, the way this thing turned out. Because we got some laughs out of it. We learned a lesson about love. And mm-hmm. I got a really nice, I got a nice standing desk. I've never had an official standing desk before. And this one's got an up arrow and a down arrow. And when you hit the up arrow, it rises up. And then you hit it down, it goes down. And you can even stand on it. It's that strong. Does that memory positions? No. We did not, she did not pop for that version, mm-hmm. but I can already tell this thing was probably pretty costly, so I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. I don't need that. I don't need memory. I'm only going, it's, I don't sit. It's, it's not, a child's kitchen is not a sitting desk. So I'm good to just put it in the one position. Uh, so w- what happened to the Ikea kitchen? <sighs> Part of the message gift also, then, there may be further implications to the message gift, because guess what? Has everybody thought through what else happens in addition to the message gift? Allah, when you, when you reward your child with a loft bed, what, where do you, where's the other one go? Where is away? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Daddy, while they were away, Daddy, Daddy cleaned it all up. Can you even imagine how much cardboard? And it's like a classic Chinese packing job. Like when you get a certain kind of packing job, you know that ain't Apple. It's got that real kind of janky cardboard and the plastic tape just kind of slapped on to hold everything together. And you open it up and there's a spray of styrofoam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, you know the kind of packaging I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want to yep. be ping pong. But like over the holiday seasons, you will encounter Apple style packaging and then this other kind where <laughs> bolts are taped to things and, yep. and there's yep. just the spray all, of styrofoam. All the styrofoam is cracked oh, already. so much styrofoam. And as you take it out, there's just like a shower. It's like a Bellagio water show of styrofoam. And Daddy took care of that. Daddy broke down all the boxes and took it downstairs. Just got to figure out where those boxes go now. Um, but yeah, I carried the former uh, standing desk by myself and took it down to the garage. You still got it back and shot it. Mm-hmm. Old so, but is it is it in your garage now? Yes. Are you going to make that leave your house somehow? <sighs> well, like guess we, what? You got to call the junk people. Well, well, if one person in the house realizes that something that used to belong to them is no longer in the house, and they say, "Well, where's the thing that used to belong to me that I haven't used in almost four years?" They say, <laughs> "Say it went away." And where is it? Well, it's down in the garage, and we were. Uh, strictly admonished to not disappear the Ikea child's kitchen. But Hmm. we'll see how that goes. Because right now, at this point, we basically have an entire shadow childhood in the garage. It's (laughs) all the things we're just going to put away for a little while. It's okay. No, no, no. Let's make let's make positive books. There's the there's the most important uh, precious things books. These are the books that are precious to you. Make sure we got those. That can go in the loft. There's the ones that like you can most def give away, which is like six books. And then there's literally six bankers boxes 
of books that are neither precious nor special. And they live in the garage now next to the Ikea kitchen. There's this, there's a lot of stuff. The shadow childhood exists. It is alive down in the garage. And I'm dealing with that. A lot of parents have that special glee of uh, when their child gets their first place of their own, an apartment or whatever, just taking box after box of their crap and dumping ah. it there. And it's like, now, you know, it's not staying in my house. you got your own house to keep it. And they're That's like, right. well, I don't want that in if my house. If you wanted your REM reckoning record, you should have got it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, you ever notice in a house that there's some kinds of things that you make a point of not paying attention to? You don't over-notice a fart or a noise coming from the other room. I don't over-notice the disappearing that one member of our household does. Because sometimes one member of our household does some pretty profound disappearing. I'm guessing in your household, that person is you. In our household, that person is not me. I yelled at her when she threw away the shoes that I met her in because I thought it was disloyal. She said they're filthy and they're from 1999. I said, yeah, because that's when we met. How can you throw those away? I don't disappear so, stuff. I'm I'm good about that because you're not I a know disappearer. that I know that my wife would not want me to disappear, so I don't. But I have I have frequent negotiations and discussions about when things may be leaving the house. That's things it. need things need to leave your house. Yeah, like about, yeah. especially the thing we do with the, the shadow childhood stuff is like we pitched early on to the kids, like oh we can give it to some other little kid, which is literally what we wanted to do with it. Yes, give it to some other parent at work Absolutely. who has kids or whatever. Like they can, you know, play it up like, oh, don't you want some other kid to have fun with your thing? And you have to kind of strike while the iron's hot because at a certain point it becomes a museum piece. And it's like, I don't care about other kids. I'm, I'm just keeping this. Like, I, I know I'm not playing with it now. It's too little for well, me. You're, you're talking about it. teaspoons versus shovels. Like at a certain point, there needs to be some scale to this. We cannot have this dainty what fits in the trash this week, this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. daddy's going to call in the guys with the truck. Like we need <laughs> to think on a much bigger scale than this. Yeah, no, I have all those same impulses, but I don't. I, my only tool is mild, infrequent nagging. Say, oh, these boxes <laughs> that are in the basement. The, the the thing that really gets me is like, I think I mentioned this before. Like, so we have lot too much stuff, right? Yeah, and she's the one who goes down and does all the laundry. Laundry, uh, mm-hmm. although we're we're getting the kids on the laundry train uh, to do that. But anyway, wow, she's constantly going down the stairs and making a hard right and going over to the washer and dryer. And the pathway to get from the stairs to the washer and dryer. It's narrower and narrower. It's like As me in the wreath. It's like me in the wreath. And pretty soon you got to turn sideways, but you're holding the laundry yeah. basket. And she chooses to put things in her own way. No. She's the one walking this path. And she's also the one choosing to narrow oh. her own path. There's many oh. other places where things could go, but she puts no. them there. And so frequently I go down there and I clear. I, it's like cutting trail. I cut some trail. <laughs> I'm like, look, there are plenty of places <laughs> in this basement where this stuff can go. I don't. I get tired of stepping over it, and I'm down here much less frequently than you yes. are. Why put things in your own way? And so I move stuff out of the way. Don't disappear. I'm just slightly rearranging things, saying there's plenty I, I of room like for it. these things to go. I don't. It's it's it's. Oh God, why am I saying this? For example, today was the remove things from the tree day and get ready to take the tree downstairs day, <clears throat> and it also means the dissemination of the gifts. And can you guess where a lot of the gifts got disseminated to? My spots. In various, my various spots. What, what gifts are you disseminating? Um, a notebook I was gifted in my stocking from Santa went mm-hmm. on to the tiny, like mostly sticking off the edge of my night table. The only blank area on my night table, I got that. What, so you're, you're just disseminating gifts now, January 1st, as we record this? You are taking things that you got yeah. for Christmas and finding places for them? Well, because mostly it's just been everywhere in the lounge. Well, that's you got to do that. We do that Christmas Morning. You're right. We probably should. You have to do it Christmas morning. Yes. Well, I take the trash out. Yeah. Mm. No, yeah. Because that's, that's the challenge. Like, I don't want to do a fancy European dance to move from one spot to another. And if I find myself doing something, like imagine I'm holding a mop 
or, mm-hmm. or a coat rack and doing some kind of maybe like a South American dance. That's how I feel when I have to carry something in both of my hands and get out the door because the door wants to kill me to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then there's mm-hmm. a wreath. I have a very narrow passageway. It's this yeah. straight of Magellan where I've got to turn my body and not be holding anything. And then the door is still after me. And I can't, I, wait, I wanna, I can't wait to take that wreath down. Oh, God, our wreath is just... I how much took, wider your opening will be, how, how much less you'll have oh, things it's brushing, you, brushing me. you. I think tomorrow, now that Jubilee's over, I think I can finally get at it. I can finally get at it. So I sent you the, I sent you the kitchen. Does that ring a bell? The, the Duke the duke Tig? Yeah, we're not... We recognize we it? Ikea's that we got here. I, no, I, I Googled it. I saw it. That's nice. It's nice. I see... I mean, and so for the price, look at the price. You, right? Look at the price. It's backwards for you, right? So... So imagine it turned around. You can't. They don't show it from the back. The back of that thing has been the Millennium Falcon. It's been so many different things. Mm-hmm. It probably still. Has, oh man, I'm gonna miss that thing. But see that you, you put batteries in there and it sizzles. Can't you yeah. see that would be a good standing desk? Imagine me standing behind this thing with my MacBook, my 2015 MacBook Pro, typing on this. Wouldn't that? Wouldn't that be? That's a smart look. Yeah, I mean the thing. The only thing I'd say it has again. It has a place for your toes, which is good. It's got the toe kick, right? So you yeah. got the toes. It's real narrow. Under, but... Real narrow on top. But I can imagine maybe your knees hitting the back of the sink. Like it would be better. Like your real standing desk doesn't. Uh-uh, like you uh-uh. can, your knees can be under it a little. I can bit. load it. I can. Oh, here's the other part that I didn't mention. That should be mentioned. It's like you see that area area where like you could hang stuff like mm-hmm. pans. It's got yep, the hooks yep. above the sink. Yeah. So that that thing was almost completely filled with kipple. Like all various kinds of the unused tiles. The uh, uh, several different screen cleaners, pens <laughs> and notebooks. Imagine a great pile. Inside the IKEA kitchen, uh, going up, 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 and it sometimes tips over. <sighs> so, yeah. well, yeah, I'm sure. Sure, you know, that's all a, bank, that's all a banker's go. box now. That's all a banker's box. I haven't dealt with it yet. Oh, I do have a USB-C dingus. I didn't even realize that. Huh? What do you know? Huh? Thanks, Duke Tig. Mm-hmm.